Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. All right, let's get the word. Grab your Bible, go with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number one. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter number one. And I'm going to read just a couple of verses to you. Deuteronomy, chapter number one, records these. I'm sorry, I told you chapter one. Deuteronomy, chapter number seven. Deuteronomy, chapter number seven, verse number one. When the Lord your God shall bring you into the land where you go to possess it, and you've cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, <laughs> seven nations, greater, greater, good God of mercy. Let's just start from the beginning. When the Lord your God shall bring you into the land where you go to possess it, and you've cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, all the enemies, seven nations greater and mightier than you, when the Lord your God shall deliver them from before you, you shall smite them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them nor show mercy to them. We'll dial me back just a touch in the monitors, if you would. Verse 7. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people. Watch. For you were the fewest in number. You were the smallest group. You were the smallest bunch. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers as the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now jump over to verse 22. And the Lord your God will put out those nations before you, watch this, by little and little, a little bit at a time. You may not consume them at once, watch, You may not consume them all at once, lest the beast of the field increase upon you. But the Lord your God shall deliver them to you, and you shall destroy them with a mighty destruction until they be destroyed. Ain't it good just to read a verse about your enemies being destroyed? You're just like, glory to God. (laughs) I want to preach on the subject this morning. Don't waste the wilderness. Don't waste the wilderness. I, uh, I've got my 20-year, that's insane to think about, my 20-year high school reunion coming up. I'm that old. I graduated in 2000. And it's really interesting when you meet people that you've known for a long time, because I come from a small enough town that when the people you started kindergarten with are the people you graduate high school with. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We didn't even have middle school. We started high school in the seventh grade. You do, I'm talking about in the woods. All right. And uh, it's interesting when you meet people that you haven't seen for a while because a lot of times when you meet them, they're different. They've changed, right? They've evolved. And then it's an entirely different experience. You know, you had not seen somebody in 10 years, and when you meet them, you can tell life has grown them up in a lot of ways. It's an entirely different experience when you hadn't seen somebody for 15 years and you bump into them and they haven't changed at all. Right? I think, man, you have wasted 
15 years. You've not grown, you've not evolved, you've not developed, you've not bettered yourself, you've not expanded yourself, you've not increased your capacity. You are the funny guy in the 11th grade and you're still the funny guy at 42 years old. I'm not 42, don't get it twisted. It's still the funny guy at 42 years old. You've not changed at all. There are actually some people that would prefer you not change at all. Because they like the I knew you back when version instead of the you now. If you've never encountered this, people will have a tendency to put you in a box. And the moment you grow and expand outside of that box, they say things like, well, you've changed. Well, maybe it's not that I've changed. Maybe it's that you haven't. Maybe the issue is not that I have grown and evolved. Maybe we started out at the same level, but now you've watched me pass you. And instead of it inciting a pursuit on the inside of you, it incites hate for me. There's nothing more frustrating than starting out walking with God at the same level with somebody and then watching you blow, watching them blow right past you because it is a blaring testimony of what you've not been doing. You hear what I'm saying? So when we get to, over into the book of, in, book of Deuteronomy, you have the children of Israel still in the wilderness, and God says, I've got promise for you. I've got blessing for you. I've got increase for you. I've got destiny waiting on you, but you're not big enough to handle what I've given you. You're not big enough to handle that yet. Let me say it this way. The purpose of God for your life is not meant to be pursued. You hearing me? The purpose of God for your life is not chased after. If you are chasing after purpose, you are chasing after the wrong thing. If you are chasing after opportunities, you are chasing after the wrong thing. If you are pounding on doors, I get this all the time when I go to preacher conferences. I have people now, I have people that text me every week, I got a word for your church, can I come, can I come, can I come, can I come? I don't even know you. Knocking on the door, knocking on the door, because they're chasing opportunities, because they're chasing purpose. You don't chase purpose, you inherit purpose. You become who God's called you to be, and then purpose and opportunity starts chasing you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We want to reach for purpose because we don't want to reach inwardly for change. So you're not big enough, we're not big enough to handle what God has prepared for us yet. We don't have the mindset for, I could preach this corporately and I could preach this for you individually. As a church, we're not big enough as a body yet, and I don't mean physical size, I mean we're not big enough as a body yet to handle what we believe God wants us to have. And so the answer is not put out more Facebook ads and pop out more Instagram likes. The answer is become the people that God's called us to become and then let God send the increase. I'm not chasing people. I'm chasing God and allowing him to turn me into who he's called me to be. The opportunities God has for you, quit chasing it. You're never going to catch it. You're never going to catch it. He did not tell the Israelites, I want you to chase the promise, chase the He said, when you become big enough, the blessing will come on you. 
I need somebody to help me preach this this morning. That word come on you is actually the Hebrew word that means to tackle. He says you get up to the level that I've called you to be. You develop your character to the point that you can handle the blessing I want to put on your life. You develop your mindset to the point that you can handle what I want to do through you and everything I've called you to do, it'll tackle you and it'll overtake you. It'll come on you and overtake you. Some people can't handle more money. Right? You think you could handle $150,000? You'd blow it the way you blow 40. You got to have the mindset for it. Are y'all with me this morning? I know it's the early service, and I know you was up late last night watching the Vols game. Glory be to God. We saw some, some glimmers of promise. I still believe it. Is anybody with me? You're all, you're all jaded. You don't care anymore. It's fine. <laughs> you're disillusioned. Don't get my hopes up, preacher. It hurts too much to believe. <laughs> Ooh, I want more money. I, want, I, know, I know people. Poor is not the condition of your bank account. Poor is a mindset. You can give somebody that's poor $150,000 and they will still be poor. Not only will they be poor, in a couple of weeks they'll be broke too. Because they don't have, they don't have a big enough mind mentality to handle what God wants to do. That's exactly what Jesus meant when he looked at the disciples and he says, I've given you power and authority to cast out all of these devils. Then a dad brings his demon-possessed boy to the disciples and they can't cast them out. And Jesus looks at him and says, how long am I going to have to stay here and do this with you? When are you going to grow up to the point that you can do what I've called you to do? Y'all with me? This is a word to the church, to our church, but it's a word to you. You want opportunities you can't handle yet. Right? You want doors open that you're not prepared for. You know what the Bible says? Remember that parable uh, of the the ten virgins? It says that they were crying out for the bridegroom to come, and then the bridegroom showed up and they weren't ready? Five of them weren't ready? Because the blessing, if it comes on you too early, can become a curse. Good thing, I need y'all to preach with me. Good things are actually bad things if you're not ready for it. Right? So God tells Israel, I've got promise waiting on you. I've got lands, vineyards you didn't plant. I've got a land flowing with milk and honey. I've got, I'm going to do for you exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask or think, but you're not waiting on me to decide to give it to you. I'm waiting on you to grow up to the point where you can handle what I want to do through you and in you and for you. You hear what I'm saying? I've got, I've got streams. I've got lands of, of hills and, and, and valleys. I've got, I've got blessing that's ready that you, not even, you can't even fathom. You can't even. But before you get the land, Israel, you've got the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. And I don't remember the rest. So before you get it, you've got to kill this. Quit.
focusing on what's next and start killing what's in front of you right now. When I, you gotta, I gotta help some, I gotta help some of the old people. When I say killing it, I don't mean like, like killing it. I mean like killing it. Right? Like crushing it. Like owning it. Like dominating it. Instead of being concerned about the next opportunity, you gotta kill this one first. Take inventory, look around your entire life and take inventory of everything that's staring at you right now. And until you kill this, you don't get to get that because God is going to use this to prepare you for that. Glory be to God. Everything that God is taking you through, he's growing you up. He is growing you through everything you're going through. Every opportunity, every closed door that you're faced with right now, God's growing you through it. Every frustration that you're facing right now, God's growing you through it. Every opportunity, everything that you're doing right now in your life that you feel is beneath you, and this is not God's ultimate intention and purpose for my life, and I'm called to more than this, you don't get that until you kill this right here that's in your face right now. Yes, you got to kill the drive through job at McDonald's. I got, I got two people going, that's good. The rest of y'all don't, don't know what I'm talking about, do you? You got to kill this to get that. Right? That's why he said, if you be faithful over little, he doesn't say, I'll make you faithful over much. He says, if you'll be faithful over little, I'll make you ruler over much. If you, will, if you will be faithful here, I will give you authority there. If you want to have authority on your life, this is how you get it. You kill what is in front of you. You got to kill this before you get that. Can I get real practical? Clean the house you got before you ask God for a new one. Mm, dang. Well, I'm busy. Need to bag off. You from Alabama, what do you know? Wash the car you got. Right? Before you ask God for something else. Be faithful in the job you got. This is what, if I know anything about leadership, I know this. If it's really on you, I can put you in any setting and you'll automatically rise to the top. Because when it's on you, can't nobody hide you. When it's on you, can't nobody kill. Well, they don't like me down there to play. It doesn't matter. Your gift will make room for you. It doesn't matter if they like you or not. And when a man's ways please the Lord, he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. When it's on you, can't nobody keep you held down. 
So we have this victim culture where we're not walking in what we want because this person don't like me and they didn't treat me right and they've been talking about me. Why don't you forget about everybody else and just start crushing the opportunity that God's got in front of you and then watch him take you to places that'll blow even your own mind. And when he takes you to those places, you can just wave at all your enemies and say, you thought you could hold me back. We've got, I've got people in my life right now that they told me, you're going to go to Knoxville and uh, you're going to go to Knoxville and you just got to get this out of your system. Like I was a 19 year old kid wanting to go to Europe for the summer. Right. I've only been praying about this for 20 years. Said, you got to go and get this out of your system. And then when it fails... You come on back, and we'll be here waiting on you. I don't know what she said, but she's excited about it. They said that to me. They said, when you get your feel, just come on back. And I thought, what you don't know is you didn't see all the private battles that I fought. You didn't see all the faithfulness in secret. What I love about God is when he gets ready to bless you, he don't ask anybody else to vote on it. What I love about God is when he gets ready to do something in your life, he doesn't care what anybody else thinks. He doesn't ask people, do you think they've been holy enough? Do you think they, have they messed up? Have they lived right? When God gets ready to do something through your life, can nobody stop it. They said, so come on back. And you can, you can get your old, you can, get, you can do all the old stuff like you used to, and it'll be just like it used to be. <laughs> I, I could say some stuff right now that I do not need to say. I'm filtering. Just give me a second. Nope. Not that one either. So you cannot waste what you're going through. Because that's the very thing God's using to make you. Right? That's the very thing God's using to make you. We have this crazy notion that whenever God calls you, that it means you're ready. We have this crazy notion that whenever God appoints you to something, we think he's also anointed you for it at the same time. He told Peter, if you will follow me, I will make you a fisher. Another translation says, I will make you to become fishers of men. I will make you. He did not say follow me because you're a fisher of men. If you follow me, 
if you stay behind me, if you just keep obeying me, if you forget what everybody else is saying and what everybody else thinks, and if you quit looking over your shoulder and what God's doing in everybody else's life, if you will just follow me, I will make you to become what you're called to be. He has to make you. God is in the process of shaping you. Why don't you have the fullness of what you believe God has promised you yet? Because you're not ready. We live in a culture that when we're not getting what we want, we have to look outward and find somebody to blame. Right? You don't, you don't have the money you want. <clears throat> so it's got to be the economy. Right? You don't have the, the wife you want. You're still single. And so, so, you don't have the, so you don't have the husband. So all men are jerks. You got to blame somebody. Right? You got to blame somebody. I have seen hell break out in people's lives and they end up blaming the pastor. The pastor's like, what did I have to do? Y'all know what I'm talking about? My kid ain't serving God. It's the pastor's fault. My car got repossessed. It's the pastor's fault. And he's like, what? Was the pastor paying the car payment? Gotta find somebody to blame. Blame the pastor. Blame the church. Blame the president. Blame your husband. Blame your wife. If we run out of people to blame, we just call it the devil. Now watch what God told Israel. You ready? He said, I'm going to give you the promise a little at a time as you can manage. Watch, watch. The land was filled with their enemy. God says, I'm going to give it to you a little bit at a time as you grow and can manage it. God will never bless you beyond your ability to handle it. All right? I'm going to bless you a little at a time. Hang in here with me. Let me give you this. Bless you a little at a time as you can manage it. You're going to drive out a little at a time your enemies. Because if you kill them all at once, you're not big enough to steward the land. And if you wipe your enemies out at once, you're not big enough to steward the land. He says the wild beast will overtake you and the promise will be lost. So this is what God's saying. I'm actually going to use the enemy. I'm going to use your enemy to help steward and protect what I've called you to until you're big enough to handle it. Maybe it is the devil, but even if it is the devil, God's using it for his own purpose. 
God is that we God is so big that he is the only one that can take something that the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. You remember the story in the Bible? Listen, you remember the story in the Bible when Moses was a little baby and they were going to kill all of the children of Egypt. They were going to kill all the boys in Egypt and his mom makes an ark, puts him in the it puts him in the in the river and then Pharaoh's daughter comes and scoops him out of the river and takes him into Egypt. Watch me and watch me good. Moses had to be raised in Egypt, not with the Israelites. Because if Moses would have been raised with the Israelites, he would have adopted a slave mentality. He had to be raised in the palaces of Egypt so he could look at his brethren one day and say, there's more for you than this. How did he get raised in Egypt? God used his enemy to raise him in Egypt. Sometimes... Sometimes the very school of ministry that God's taking you through, the enemy's the one paying for it. No, y'all didn't. I didn't say it right or you didn't hear it right. God used the enemy to pay Moses' tuition through ministry school. The very enemy you're going to overturn is the very one nurturing you and building you and forming you into the deliverer that you're called to be, Moses. The very shut door and the very agitation and the very pain that you're walking through right now is the very thing God's using to turn you and form you into the deliverer that he's called you to be. you got to see it. God's going to give it to you a little at a time. That's why you got to kill what's in front of you, David. You don't get Goliath off the bat. You don't get to just go and kill Goliath and be anointed king of Israel. That's why when David went out to fight Goliath, his brothers looked at him and said, what are you doing? He's out there with his slingshot. They say, what are you doing? He said, I killed a lion with this slingshot. And I killed a bear with this slingshot. In other words, I've been here before. I was faithful over little, and now God's making me, I need somebody to help me preach this. I was faithful over little, now God's made me ruler over much. And I know if he can deliver me from the hand of the lion and the hand of the bear, I know he can deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. What are you killing right now? If you can't kill a small group, you can't kill a conference. So just say amen, whether you like it or not, just say it. You can't kill a small group if you can't kill a, you can't kill a conference if you can't kill a small group. You can't kill a microphone if you can't kill a vacuum. You can't kill married life if you can't manage single life. I want to slap single people when they use the term busy. I'm busy. The biggest decision they made today was which socks to wear. I'm busy. No kids, a part-time job, and going to school a grand total of two credits. It's like, I'm wore out. (laughs) I always tell those people, this is the least busy you will ever be. If you think this is busy now, you need to go ahead and get on medication because you're going to need it. What are you killing now, David, that's qualifying you for the giant? 
because we preach about the giant and we see everybody slaying their giants on Instagram, but nobody tweets about the lion and the bear. Right? Nobody tweets about that. But if you can't do that, you don't get this. It is the lion. Come on, it is the lion and then the bear that leads to the giant. It is doing this that qualifies you for that. It is killing this that forms you enough to kill that. He said, I got, I got so much land. I've got so much waiting on you. To the point you wouldn't even believe the size of the grapes. And I've got to give it to you a little at a time because you're too small to handle it. So you got to kill some things that are in front of you. So it will qualify you to inherit what I've got for you. Quit chasing purpose. You'll never catch it. Quit chasing opportunities. You'll never catch it. Rather, be who he's called you to be. Grow where he's telling you to grow. Crucify your flesh where he's telling you to crucify your flesh. Some of you can't handle those opportunities because your attitude ain't right. Right? Y'all getting all weird on me now. Your attitude ain't right. Your mentality ain't right. You don't think like a leader. Leaders think a certain way. They see things through a completely different lens than people that are not leaders. They look at things completely different. And until you've until you've worn the mantle of leadership in any capacity, it'll never make sense to you. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are leaders in different areas of your life. And so I tell our team all the time, ministry is a laboratory. It's an experiment. You add a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It blows up. Push it to the side. Make a mental note, never do that again. Then you use a little bit of this. And little, or to make it more practical, you take this ministry and give it to this person to lead. And all hell breaks loose. And you, oh, but, whip, that was a failure of an experiment. Zoop. Then you give the ministry to somebody else and they make it explode. You ever seen things wither under one person's hand and flourish under another person's hand? You may tell you the difference. One person is grown enough to manage it and the other one's not. One person is mature enough to manage it and the other one's not. One person has the mentality for it and the other one does not. You can take any, you can take any business in America, give it to one leader and it fail, give it to another leader and it thrive with the same people selling the same products to the same customers. You hear what I'm saying? Because one person has it because they've killed some lions and some bears. You've got to get ready for what God wants to do in you and through you and for you and in us and through us and for us.
I've seen God, I've seen churches miss revival. Because some church people didn't have the mentality to be cognizant of sinners coming in. And somebody's going to sit in their seat and they're going to split the church. Not ready for it. We're walking in everything God knows we can manage. We are walking in everything God's called us to steward. He commands us to be good stewards, so he's not going to give us anything above our capacity to steward. Let me say it real plain. This is what, this is what I've been trying to say through the whole message without saying it. We got to grow up. And I don't mean grow up as in we're, you're so immature. And I mean, we've got to grow up in our thinking. We've got to grow up in our character. We've got to grow up in our attitude. We've got to grow up in our perspective. Hearing what I'm saying? Stand on your feet. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church slash give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.